0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Our guest on this episode is Adam Avery. He is the founder and owner of Avery Brewery out of Colorado. Uh, Super fun guest. He was kind enough to come down and chat with us a little bit about his brewery, how we got started, came out and poured for everybody. So we were really excited to have him on. We have some exciting new people coming in over the next few episodes. We're going to do a few wine ones coming up too, get back into that groove a little bit. And then we're going to have the uh, owner of Moto Sonora down in Tucson Brewery come in and a rep from Carl Strauss Brewery coming down in the future. So we'll keep you posted about it. Have everybody come in, try some beers from them and everything. And we hope you all enjoy the show. Take care. Now we're actually going. Now we're live. Now we're live. Now (laughs) we're live with what looks like one of those carnival games where you chuck a ping-pong ball into a cup, but it's nothing but beer in this case. These are like the little colored glasses that the fish swim in. Oh, yeah, You get the goldfish or whatever.
1: I'm barely live.
0: You're barely (laughs) live? Well, I mean, I
1: went pretty deep last night, so...
0: Yeah, how hard did you go? Well, it wasn't last
2: night. It was basically day drinking.
0: There's a lot of people giggling about this conversation already. <laughs> oh
2: my god, it was way too many beers yesterday. Did, did you, you, were you? A, a town? four beer lunch is always a is a great way to start the day. But
0: Especially I made a lot for of heavy friends. Beers.
2: Yeah, I made some friends yesterday. So
0: how long have you been in town now? Yeah.
2: Just one disastrous day.
0: All right, cool. Yeah. Well, you have one disastrous night ahead of you. It
2: sounds yeah yeah. There will be a rift here, I believe. Yeah, excellent. That's yeah. what we hope to see. Yeah.
0: Well, today we have uh, Adam Avery from Avery Brewing Company on. So that's the first time I actually got around to introducing somebody immediately.
1: I th- it's actually the first brewery that we have had on where it's named actually after the owner. Yeah. It's Everybody always comes up with a, some weird name for their stuff. and It's my lack of creativity <laughs> that really led to the naming <laughs> of it. Yeah.
0: No, honestly, when I first saw it, I was wondering what it was over. And then I saw Billy came in. She goes, no, it's Adam Avery's the guy. And I was like, oh, so he just named it after himself. That's fantastic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, originally, I mean, the story was originally Dad and I uh, named it Flatirons Brewing Company, but then the idea of flat and beer didn't really work. <laughs> True. And so we were like, yeah, well, what should we name it? And Dad was like,
0: yeah, let's name it after us. Okay, so, so did, it was your yeah. dad's idea and no? I. Yeah. Why Flatiron?
2: Uh, there's, so in the backdrop of Boulder, uh, there, there's, uh, uh, big rock outcroppings and they're based, they're called the flat irons. Okay. First, second, third flat iron.
0: We have a flat iron out here. Those mountain ranges way out east, it's in Patchy Junction. That whole mountain is the flat iron. There you go. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Do it out here probably too.
1: Yeah. So did you start the brewery with you and your father then together? That's right. Who was, uh, the brewer originally? It was me. So, uh, you know, the. Real quick story. My dad
2: is a badass mother. Uh, can no, yeah, you can. Oh, okay, you can so cuss all you want. My and I don't curse, just to curse. But my dad is a badass motherfucker. He he's run <laughs> seventy marathons. I mean, Damn. he's and he's fast. Like he, you know, took like I want to say, one year at Boston, he was third in his age group. So like he's he's an accomplished runner. So anyway, uh, as I was talking to Troy, which is uh, we'll get into that as, as well. There's another uh, uh, homeboy from Decatur, Illinois here uh, in the in the in the house. But my dad decided to um, open a running store, and he wanted to come to Boulder. So I was already in Boulder. My sister just got out of law school. Um, and so actually, I was living with my sister. So they moved out. He wanted to open a running store, but he just couldn't find the right location. And so I had a business plan put together, and uh, and I was shopping it to my friends. I'm a rock climber. So like I had it out to a bunch of my rock climbing friends who had actually some money, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll put some money in, blah, blah, blah. So my dad said, nope. You know, myself and my business partner, who are going to start this running company, we will, you know, fund the brewery, and so we got started on uh, ninety thousand dollars. So, wow, it was tiny.
1: Would yeah. you have like just a handful of uh, ten barrels when you opened, or we we had either? a we we bought a seven barrel system
2: with little Grundy tanks, seven barrel Grundys that were from like the Newcastle Brewery uh, in England. It's the way a lot of people started a brewery back in the early nineties was, you know, cheap equipment, you know. We had two thousand square feet in in a warehouse, and uh, we just kind of it was in like an industrial warehouse. And We just slowly, you know, took units over as we needed to, and just busted through walls and put pipes through walls, and it got to be a pretty much well a clusterfuck until you know <laughs> six seven years ago. Uh, you know, we started building our new brewery, so now we have actually a great a nice brewery. You know, that's really
0: cool yeah yeah coming from something so small to get it to as big as it is today is well not just small
2: but shitty too i mean like it was like i can't believe my guys you know
0: you wouldn't let anybody in because you don't want to see how dirty it was, it was probably so
2: bad no they i mean my guys did a good job of keeping it clean but like it's just you know there some spaces are non-cleanable like you just you know now then when you learn that you can like paint a wall you know white yeah. with antibacterial paint blah, blah blah and just hose it down you learn these things but yeah anyway
0: no, that's really cool, man. Seven barrels, so that's what two hundred and ten gallons at a time, basically. That's not a big tank.
2: <laughs> no, and I used to like get ten barrels out of it because I'd put a fan like literally on the manway to knock down the foam. So like I would do ten <laughs> barrels. So I would come in at like three thirty in the morning and finish up at say, you know, seven p.m. at night and do four brews, you know, and knock out forty barrels of beer. That was like late nineties. So it's a little bit different now.
0: Yeah, I'd imagine. And you're in Boulder, you said. Boulder, You've all always about been it. in Boulder, like you yep. start. Some- okay. Yep. So is I'm the original
2: kidding. brewery still there? It is. No one's taken it over. So, like, you know, that's it's been six years and, you know, it's still sitting there. Still an empty space. Mm hmm. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. It's fun. It's amazing how many people start off, obviously, so small, but on $90,000 to get through and taking a shot like that. And I'm just guessing at the time there wasn't a lot of brewers in Boulder, or was this like a big hub for breweries?
2: No, there was a couple breweries there. I mean, uh, you know, Boulder Beer, who unfortunately is no Moss, they had been there since like. Uh, Eighty, I think they started in '88, but only a few breweries. I mean, like we're 1993, so there's nine thousand breweries now. Damn. I think there's like four hundred, maybe five hundred breweries. You know, back when we started, so it, I mean, step. I mean, obviously, it's a very different
0: landscape now. Yeah. So, if everybody, listen. That's the country, not in Boulder. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be like one person who's four hundred breweries in Boulder. Jesus. <laughs>
2: yeah. No. So it, so basically, in '93 is kind of when. There was a big pop in like the number of breweries, not only in Boulder but like in Denver. So like, Left Hand, Great Divide, Breckenridge, like we all kind of you know came out of that same you know that same time period. Yeah, it was just kind of like I would say like kind of second generation. So first generation would be like you know, of course, well <laughs> or, or no, I mean for craft, but like you know Sierra Nevada, even starting like in '89 or '90, like Odell in New Belgium, they're kind of like first gen, and then we were kind of like that next wave of breweries.
0: It's really cool. I didn't even think about, like, the waves of people coming along. Because Arizona's probably second wave, I would say. Because the only ones I could think of was, what, Four Peaks opened? 93? Yeah, I mean, you had
1: Four Peaks. You had Sandhands. Four Peaks was, like, 96.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, the brewery of Arizona's Four Peaks. Because Oak Creek's probably been around a while. Santan. After that, I can't think of anybody that would have been before.
1: And that's funny you're talking about the tanks. That's actually how they got started was those guys were actually buying tanks and refurbishing them and just selling them. They weren't planning on opening a brewery. Yeah, yeah. They were actually, I was living in an apartment complex with them, and they would have the tanks sitting outside in the parking lot. When they would get them in, they'd spend some time refurbishing them and flip them around. And some big deal fell through for like 10 tanks, and they're just like, fuck it. We'll just use them. them. And that's how they started the their brewery.
0: That's crazy. I never heard that story. Yeah,
1: that was like, I think, 95 or 96, something yeah. like that.
0: Because now our craft beer scene changed when the laws changed right about 2000, I'd say, eight. Uh, We went from having these huge cap gallons, like you had to make X amount at a time, which was kind of unachievable for small guys. And then they lowered it to, I think it's 250 gallons, and you can classify yourself as a brewery in the state now. And since then, I don't know what we're at, but it's got to be over 100 in the state. And with the big one being Ren, since they won that GABF, and it's kind of been taking off from there. And now you get shops like us, these craft bottle shops, and more and more people are like, well, I've been drinking Bud Light my whole life. I don't know what to do now. It's like, well, here's a whole new assortment of you to try. So over the last few years, we started seeing the bigger brands creep in and now craft beer is falling right behind it.
1: So a- Adam, how many of the beers are, are you actually making yourself now? Do you have like like a army of brewers underneath you are you still doing most of the work or are you just kind of the good looks of the company now or oh, the, I, if you ask my employees what i do they'd say fucking nothing it's <laughs> uh, funny i hear the same like, oh, thing we're, we're oh, gonna, no, we're gonna you know, go ahead and clip that yeah
2: you know it, yeah they say oh what do you do you just drink for a living i'm like yeah but i've been drinking for a living for 28 years so um <laughs> but to answer your question honestly no i haven't brewed in a long time so um and no, they don't let me touch the equipment because they think I'm going to break it. Um, I'm definitely not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not a tech guy. You know, like I got. I need help with my phone. I need help with everything. You know. Um, so, and all of our equipment is, you know, very modernized yeah. and like, you know, it's all, you know, got its own brains and things like that. So no, but luckily, uh, I still do get to talk to you know the team about the beers that we make. You know, and so like it's more about like ideation and more about like you know. we want to do with you know with our brewery and how we're going to you know build brands and what beers we want to make and so that's you know that's
1: that's my jam do you still use some of the original recipes or have they kind of just all changed over since then well you know to 30 years of brewing beer now no but it's a great question and so
2: None of our recipes are set in stone. And so like, because raw materials always change. And so like, you've always got to be trying to hit a certain mark. So like we have a sensory department and like a sensory lab that's making sure that the beer that we're putting out is the beer that we want everybody to taste. And so recipes change for sure. There's no doubt about it. The only beer that we still make from 1993 is Ellie's Brown Ale.
1: Okay, that's what I was kind of curious. What was the... Yeah,
2: that's the, that's the only OG that is, is still around. And um, yeah, but we've made, you know, hundreds of beers since then yeah I mean I'm lucky to be involved with a, a bunch of dudes that and, and gals who like are passionate about beer just and, like I am
1: and I'll be honest I've had a lot of your core beers over the years I've had a lot of your core beers over the years <laughs> I didn't realize how many specialty beers you make because we don't always see them all out here we don't always see them in the shops out here um we've I'm,
2: done a bad job of you know keeping az uh in beer it's just it is what it is but like before covid so like you know our tap room is gigantic like we do a lot of business there obviously you know in 2019 we did 159 different beers so some of those beers are like you know super small batch and like only through our taps and stuff so we're definitely uh into you know maintaining innovation um into constantly like trying to you know quote you know push the proverbial uh envelope you know of what beer is supposed to taste like and so we're that's i mean that's our jam i mean it's always been the jam since you know the beginning you know, those first three beers we made was Red Point Ale, which is basically, I, I called it an amber ale, but it was like an it was an IPA, really. I mean, it was like it was dry hopped Cascades. Ellie's Brown was a big, robust brown ale. And then we had Out of Bound Stout, which is like this, you know, really aggressive, you, you know, uh, American stout. Since the, since those beginnings to today, it's like it's the same thing. It's like we had a bunch of beers here to taste, too, but... Yeah, it's been a great it's been a great ride. I mean it's been that's really cool. A hell of a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you can get to a point where you're you know, you have your big facility to make all your core beers, but like in the back you have your small tanks to still constantly just mess around and oh let's do these little ones. And if you keep it in house, it gives people the a reason to obviously go and visit. You know, if you're having your white rascal or, you know, your vanilla bean, well, I love these ones, cool. Now I can go and try all the unique stuff that's at your actual place. I and- still have
2: tanks that are oh, I bought in nineteen ninety six. So I still have some 30 barrel fermenters huh. that are still you know in the new brewery and That's so really it, cool. it is it's fun like I walk in I'm like oh I, I've known you guys for you know 25 years <laughs> the tanks are part of the family exactly yeah. I should name them
0: yeah I mean you have to
2: at this point well we do they've got numbers but we should give them names yeah but, yeah
0: so this the first one actually we poured for us was uh, my least favorite of things is sours. I'm not a sour person in any way, shape, or form. So So this this is how we
1: buy beer here at the shop. The more John hates the sour, the more he knows I'm going to buy it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because you've worked it out. Because I I, I love sour. It always moves very well. (laughs) It always works good. The only thing I don't like in drinking, right next to Malort's. (laughs)
2: Which I had a shot of yesterday. which of is course, you from, you're from embar- Welcome Arizona. <laughs> Embarrassed
0: to say, but I did. Did yeah. you end up where at Casey's Woodshed? Well, yeah, no, it was the Golden yeah, gold Pineapple. They had a Malort's oh. competition yesterday of who can make the best cocktail with Malort's, and the winner won a toilet trophy from Malort's. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, it's about as appropriate as it gets for that. I tour. was at
2: the Beer Institute drinking their beers yesterday. And I heard about it, and so the bartender was like, "Oh, you're doing a shot of Malort," and I was yep. like, "Oh, fuck no, I'm not doing a shot of Malort." <laughs> we did a know, shot of Malort.
0: Yeah, I've never known anybody to sit there and enjoy a Malort. Like we had a uh, this one girl came in, and so she was she's from Chicago, you know, really wanted some Malorts, and I was like, it literally just came into the state, so she got one, and we had 18 people like at another place, and so she pours you know 18 shots for everybody, and I'm just sitting there like I. I'm gonna hate every bit about this. Yeah, slowly like push offside. I watched That's yeah, so seven... when you go to the
2: bathroom with your shot and come <laughs> yeah. back mysteriously, the oh, alert no. shot is gone. Or do the yeah. shot where you throw it over your shoulder <laughs> exactly and like right. you
0: miss. So, you know, she everybody else takes it. She's loving it. I watched 17 people reevaluate their life situation upon that moment. I'm like, yeah, right. That's the most garbage drink on the planet. I don't know how it makes any money. I
1: remember the first time I tried Grappa, we were at a restaurant and I just That's tasted so it was so bad. I threw it in the pot planter next to me. And then I ended up working at that restaurant, and I remember the manager going, man, I don't know why I can't get anything to grow in this potter anymore. Because <laughs> like, you threw rocket fuel <laughs> Pretty much. Turpentine right yeah, in top of it's it. fucking rocket fuel. <laughs> it's it so is. bad. It drives
0: all those busted-ass Italian cars around if you need to. Right. All right, So, what, Damien, what was this first one that we did? This the the Pomona? Pomona?
1: Pomona. So do you guys do a lot of sours then? It seems like I just have a pretty good barrel-age program going right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, thanks. I appreciate that. I think we do. I think we have one of the best oh. ones in the country. I mean... Woo. Um, <laughs> Every and all kinds of barrels. I mean, like, I love a big range of beers. And to your point about sour beers, yeah, I know you don't like them. Um,
0: well, let me rephrase that. That's right. I like the taste. Like That tastes good. I hate sour. Like, Warheads were the bane of my existence. I think I probably have some PTSD about it where, like, I had, like, three in my mouth at one time, and it's never come back ever since. Those things are. You'll best. never recover. I never recover. Yeah, see, I like it, I had a terrible cousin. The he...
1: funkier the better. For me, yeah, this has got some like, funk on it. That's why I like this one. It's not all just fruit. That's the problem with, to me with a lot of sours now. They're fruit beers that are more tart beers, like oh, the Berliner Weiss based but they're not true sours. Well, and this is a true sour. So we have a house
2: culture. So like you know, we have our own PDO lacto strains and our own Brett strain. So you know, how long has it's been? Shit, it's been it's been fifteen years. So like, Sam Caligone from Dogfish Head uh, took myself, Vinny Triliso. Um, Tommy Arthur, Rob Todd, to Belgium um, it, to do like this big tour. And it was, it was obviously fun as shit. I mean, those guys are <laughs> great. I mean, like we had, we had a, a great time. We were treated very well by all the breweries we visited. But we went to Dre Fontainen and we all drank a beer there that was the best sour beer. We, we all agreed it was the best sour beer we've ever had. And, and to this day, it's the same. Armand, the brewer uh, owner, called it Blau. And there was also a pink. He made it for friends for their wedding. So it's like only like two hundred, you know, whatever two hundred cases of each produced, and so I brought back two bottles of of the the blue, um, and got a got got our guys to grow up the yeast culture, so we got the bread out of it, and so that is that's our bread strain, um, straight from Armand, which is that's awesome, it, dude. Yeah. It's it's and so when you talk about thank you for saying like. It tastes like a, quote, a traditional, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: old, you know, like, from the mother country. It is, it's good as it is, you know? Because everything's a kettle sour nowadays, it seems, that we're getting. Like, we don't get a whole lot of, like, true sours. I mean, I'm always looking for them for the shop, and they're
0: not... There's only a handful of true barrel-aged ones.
1: Well, a lot of people don't... Tell me these microbreweries are small breweries, and I don't think they want the, like, those wild cultures in their brewery.
0: Oh, yeah. That's actually what I was going to ask. Is your Is your... Barrel aging sour, a different facility. Is it still also in your main brewery? We you have like barrels in both rooms. our. We
1: have offsite
2: and we have onsite. Okay, but we also have a, a cellar department. When we designed the brewery, it was designed to know that um, when we did CIP or clean in place or like you know cleaning protocol, that they knew that we not only did we have you know PDO and lacto running through our brewery, but we also have multiple yeast strains running through our yeast through our facility. So like it's all set up to kill stuff, you know? Yeah. So like we, we, I think we're knock on wood because, you know, it's, it's tough to do what my guys do, which is to keep the, the place clean basically, but it's worth it. So, you know, thank you. That's a huge compliment to hear that because like, that's what I feel like nothing against kettle sours. Like I think they're fun and blah, 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 but like you don't get, there's, there's complexity in the beer that you're drinking right now. There's and, a nuance that you can't yeah. just fake. No, and it's not even it's not even wood-based. Like it, and there obviously it's in wood, so like there's wood nuances as well. But like what PDO and Lacto and this particular Brett throw are um old world kind of flavors, and like it there's earthiness and there's like it, it just I don't know, it just it's not just sour, it's not just acidity, it's not just pH. It's a flavor, you know, experience basically. So
0: no, it's actually really tasty.
1: Whoa, clip that one, too.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my... Uh, that might be
1: the first time I've heard you say that about maybe a sour. Maybe my flavor
0: profile is finally changing. I mean, it's like, you know, you get older and all you want to eat is McDonald's all day. And then you upgrade to, like, Chipotle. And then you upgrade to actual, normal, good food. This is heading that direction. And then digress and go back to McDonald's later. Yeah, probably. I mean, why not? <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, and sour
2: doesn't necessarily have to be like super sour
0: either. No. Like, I mean, it
2: shouldn't be like it, it. Sour is a part of the flavor profile. Right. So like you want to have some other things involved, which is like, you know, these uh, some fruit. Uh, obviously, this has some fruit in it, but also woodiness and the esters that the breath throws like there's I mean, to me, like I get like, you know, pineapple. I get, you know, like those kind of uh, tropical kind of fruity kind of things out of it as well. So, yeah, it's it's fun.
0: It's amazing how distinct Brett is in certain ones. Like for wine, you know, we could pick it out in certain ones almost instantaneously. Yeah, it smells like, like, like a petting zoo. That. Yeah. And funny in this, because it doesn't smell like a petting zoo, but it's got that that earthy funk that hits. And you're like, oh, that's definitely going to be a sour.
2: It's a clean Brett. And the, the cool thing about this Brett and, uh, is that it ferments really, really fast until the, like the last little bit of the beer. But it acts like Saccharomyces in fermentation, which is good for production. But it also throws those 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 good flavors that you want, but not too much. Like it's not too you know barnyardy. It's not too you know. Yeah,
1: That's you know, a great I'll, way to put actually a clean Brett because I've had a lot of clean. Brett beers that are corked over. You won't drink them a year later and they're all funky as hell. And I love that style, but this is so it is clean. I could see someone who's not used to drinking a funky sour just going, oh my god,
0: there's ooh, drinkability. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'll, the
1: gateway into the funky ones. Yeah.
0: How long are they barrel aged for?
1: We can do it as fast as three months.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so it all comes down to, it's not the amount of time that's spent in it. It's like what it tastes like. So like, yeah, the guys are constantly tasting barrels and like, when the beer is ready, the beer is ready, right? So it can take as little as three months, and sometimes it could take as much as say six months. But again, our PDO and lacto and the way that we, so we culture all of these things in our lab. So like we we grow up enough to inoculate enough barrels, and then we have the slurries from those barrels to like re inoculate, you yeah. know, other barrels. So our lab does a really good job of like keeping our critters happy, basically.
1: That's really cool. <laughs> How many people do you have working at your brewery? You guys gotten pretty big over the years. Well,
2: yeah, I think you know. We, I mean, with our tap room, there's some some flux, you know. Um, but you know, about 150 people. That's awesome are in, in the team.
1: Yeah, it's gotta feel good employing 150 people.
2: I mean, for sure. I mean, like, I mean,
0: and and not because the uh, drama that comes with that must be fun too.
2: Well, no, thank God. Like, I, I'm a smart guy, man. I I hire people that actually do all the work. Um, yeah. You know, and
1: we need to learn that shit. Yeah, bro, what are we <laughs> doing? Hey, man, I'm 28 years, years in. in. We got we got one guy from Decatur. He's worked out pretty good though, dude. Troy,
0: yeah, he's Decatur like, people. <laughs> yeah. He's go Lancers, (laughs) go
1: Bulldogs.
0: Dude, it's so much, it's funny hearing everybody always talk about, you know, where they're at in Illinois, Decatur, Chicago, oh, it's the best thing ever, I love it, blah, blah, blah. Would you ever go back? No, I definitely don't want to go back to that area at all. Everybody ran away from that city.
2: Here's what I'll say is, uh, I always say, I'm so glad that I grew up, that I'm from Decatur. I'm glad to grow up there, but yeah, I mean, I live in Boulder and I get to travel and come to Phoenix and, you know, have a great time, so
0: Anyway. Yeah right. Well, so why Boulder? Did you say originally? That's just like that was the idea where your dad wanted to go or you wanted to go?
2: No no no. So I went to school. So my dad took me um, to climb 14ers when I was in grade school. So we go out, you know, during the summers, and you know, go to URA, go to you know, but climb 14ers. Okay. And so I was like, Dad, I, I really want to go to college in Colorado. That's when the nuns at my at, at our uh, school said, Well, you got to go to Regis. It's a Jesuit school. So I went to Je- went to Regis. And I became a rock climber, and so I spent a lot of time in Boulder because that's where the climbing okay. is. So in '89, I moved up there, and then you know, you know, work. I was working at a climbing shop. Had my mid twenties crisis, <laughs> took the LSATs, got accepted to DU law school. So I was going to go to law school. My rock climbing partners at the time had just got out of law school, and they looked at me and they like, said, "Adam, there's no fucking way you're going to be <laughs> an attorney." And they're like, "Hey, don't take And they didn't say it's because I wasn't smart or anything. They just said, "You're not going to like it." Yeah, and, they and, and they were drinking my homebrew, and they're like, "Hey, your homebrew is pretty good. You know, what do you, what do you, maybe you should do something with this." And I was like, "Maybe I should."
0: That's great how that worked out for you. Clearly, the better out. Your friends are clearly, you know, sent you on the right path.
2: And Pat, who is still my attorney to this day, <laughs> um, and I still rock climb with him, to, you know, 30 years later, has, says the same thing to me. He's, so like, he's you like, like, "You owe the me, Avery. bro. Yeah, he's you the owe Avery me, bro.
0: <laughs> I, all the free beer in the world, I'm guessing. Yeah,
2: except that he doesn't drink that much, which is great. Oh, that's perfect. Exactly. Yeah." But he's still, Ellie's is his favorite beer still. So, like, that's what i take him. Oh, perfect. Yeah.
0: Basically, he could have one, like, named after him, too. Like, here's your annual gift with a custom label of you on it or something and whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever yeah. he wants. Perfect. So, the next one is the, I believe that this is a White Rascal.
1: So, is this kind of, like, your
2: flagship? It is, for sure. It's This is, like, you know, 35, 40% of our business. This pays wow. the bills
1: and allows you to, the For sure. The ability to make all the other fun stuff. and For
2: sure. And, you know, and, you know. Uh, but not in a dispar not disparagingly either, because no. like I, if somebody asked me what's our best beer that we make, and by best beer I always take it to mean technically to style, I would say the White Rascal is by far the best beer that we make. This is what I think Belgian wit should taste like, and, and no, you know, like I think that there's obviously there's a bunch of good, a lot of great beer out there in the world, there are tons of great beer, but I think in America, I think it's if somebody said. I like Allagash better than yours. I'd be okay with that. But other than that, if they said any other thing, I'd be like, hmm, I don't really agree with that. <laughs> but Rob Todd does a great job with his. Um, and I think we do a great job with ours. So
0: it's cool that it's your wit beer that t- you find to be your best one. Because I mean, a lot of the times being next to California, we get all the IPAs and everything. And every time, you know, people who rep them come in and say, this is the best IPA, this is the best IPA. They don't have any. Not like hype behind a pilsner they make or a sour they make, but they're like, well, it's the IPA that's the best. Versus you're coming in and saying this is the best wit beer you have, and technically the best one that you have.
2: I, I th- we'll go through some. I, we can go through some other beers, and like I'm, I'm sure that I'm missing something, but like I, I mean, we've won some medals for this. Like I mean, so like other people agree, like judges agree. So like yeah. I think we do a really good job with this, and I'm, I'm, I'm as proud of this as I am say of Maharaja or you know. Uh, you know well they're like all your babies or, <laughs> like, or um, yeah exactly so like I don't have a favorite child for sure but like I'm really proud that we make a beer that is so close I mean this is I think what Belgian wit should taste like and there's you, you can't like go crazy on it because like it's coriander it's orange peel it's you know really good yeast management.
0: Like it's such a, again a distinctive nose. Like people instantly know when you have a half or a Be- well a Belgian beer, I guess in general. Yeah, because like, it's banana runty that peel to it, but it's a very distinct flavor. Like you could put the sour up and you can put this up, and basically, like, I know exactly what type of beer that is.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so many of our clientele wants to have traditional beers because yeah. everybody started going and putting adjuncts and flavoring everything and going once again. People want beer flavored beer. Yeah. And they want, you know, wits that are traditional wits, not wits that are flavor with seven different adjuncts to try and be something fancy and outside the box. It like, is hard. But we
2: do that because we have Lulakoy. Yeah. So we put passion fruit in it, but, you know, for that, us, that's what's that's
1: next what's that's There you us. go. Yeah. That's right. a good segue right there. Yeah. Well, well done. So you're picking up this podcasting yeah, shit right, real right. easy.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it is true, though. Like, I mean, for the most part, I we've been seeing it more and more. Like, when we first started doing the smoothie sours, we couldn't keep them on the shelves. They just were just flying, flying. I have
2: over. never had one. Can I have one after this? Yes.
0: Yeah, so we're going to actually, we'll probably give you one. We'll say the brand, just because, you know, competition or anything. Yeah. But it's got cake batter in it. So So yeah.
2: So it has viscosity. Like literally, you have to push it out of the can.
0: We have to shake the can. You got to like jerk it off a little bit, roll it around, and then pour it. And it looks like a smoothie. And honestly, they're really delicious. So I, are they
2: pasteurized? Like I mean, like it sounds like a, a bacterial no, you, nightmare.
0: Well, if you leave it out, they'll definitely explode by the next day from re-fermenting. Yeah, oh, they, so you have, you have you to have refrigerate to cold, them. 100%. Yeah. Like yeah. Our, our refrigerator, like our walk-in cooler, is a small nuclear bomb with the amount of smoothie sours that are in there. So if we ever lose power, this neighborhood's gone. It's just going to blow up. Oh, you have up. to
2: drink really fast.
0: Yeah. But then i look like Fat Bastard afterwards from like Mike Myers' movie. After I don't think you're going to be fat, those. dude. No, it's actually impossible for me to gain yeah. weight. <laughs> yeah i've noticed
1: yeah we opened the shop at the same time yeah i'm good still, <laughs> i'm man. just i'm getting all your weight or something yeah i could
0: eat chipotle all day drink all day i'm good here you go take that one no that that that's fantastic and that's funny because like i like to drink some belgian ales from time to time but you just don't see them out here right now most of the ones you get are huge brand ones and it's like all right well that's just a dulled down meh version of it that's tasty well
2: thank you and um yeah, I mean, IPA is obviously the game and like I love IPAs. That's my style. Like I mean, I mean, like usually I'm drinking IPAs. But not everybody, you know, in the world likes to have an aggressive beer. And so it's fun to have a beer that I think it's funny that White Rascal, some people say, is like a, a training wheels beer because I think it has so much flavor. I think it's a really weird beer to me. I think it tastes weird because like there's these phenols that are thrown off, you know, the banana, the isoamol. You know, there's uh, a big f-
0: refreshing flavor to it in there that I can't quite pick out. But honestly, it's great for Arizona when it's we're hot six months of the year to drink that outside is awesome.
2: Yeah, I I agree. But you know, I think it's a flavor packed, you know, easy to drink beer. And that's kind of like, it didn't seem like it those th- things work together. Like, oh, flavor packed, but easy to drink. But it really is.
0: That's good. So the next one is, I have no idea how to pronounce it.
2: Lilikoi Kapolo. So Lilikoi is Hawaiian for passion shot. fruit. <laughs> Kapolo is Hawaiian for devil. So it's <laughs> basically right. our white rascal with passion fruit. Passion
0: fruit devil, basically. Yeah.
2: So you know we use real passion fruit. Um, so so it's smell it. super acidic. So it, very tart beer. Um, I wouldn't say sour, but I would definitely say tart. It's a
0: great breakfast beer. It's like, you know, mimosa to me. I, I love that. The breakfast beer is always a thing. But it was always like, because I joke about it on Instagram. Or that shower seemed shower be Yeah, shower beers, breakfast beers. Like, it's stouts, porters, things like that. You're like, no, we're going to do a fruity Belgian beer.
2: Yeah, I love passion fruit. Super drinkable. Like, just ultra-sessionable.
1: As I like to say, that, like that's Ooh, yeah. a fun beer. Like, that's the epitome of just, like, fun. So how did the um, pandemic affect your business? Did you guys... Uh, shittily. Pe- did you pivot and do things differently a little bit up there? Or well, were you just kind of stuck in it? I mean, granted, you have a very strong retail presence around the nation. Yeah. Well, no. Last
2: year was, I mean, it definitely was a tough year. I mean, and there's a lot of breweries. I mean, I say, I think some breweries did fairly well. Uh, but I think most of us suffered. Ta- obviously, our tap room suffered. I mean, we were closed for, you know, a couple months. And then, you know, all the restrictions, blah, blah, blah. So that was not good. But 45% of our business is on premise. Like guys like you are half of I guess half of what you do here. So yeah, it was challenging year for sure. But I mean,
1: you know, things are fine. I mean, are like, you guys in every state? Or? No,
2: we. I mean, we sell beer in forty states, but honestly, I mean, we do you know ninety percent of our business in you know six, six yep. exactly. I come from the supplier side, so yeah.
1: I mean, like it. You know you. Idaho I, I, and Montana could be okay markets, but they're never gonna. Well, we just opened Montana, the, so I hope it's better than that. So, uh, but uh, and I was just up in Bozeman, but, it, but it's, not, it's not necessarily like with the Florida markets or say New York or some of the other what's considered I, I big won't markets. name them,
2: but yes, the closer we are to home base, you know, the better we're doing. So, um, that makes sense, yeah. So, ch- a challenging year, but it, it, it's fine, you know, like I mean, everybody had challenges during COVID and we still have those challenges right now, but. There might be some silver linings coming out of it. We're still trying to figure out what those are, but...
0: Yeah, eventually figure out a year from now, you're like... Oh, yeah, you well, guys I opened darker, during
2: COVID. I mean, that's fucking crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we're we in a weird situation where we got lucky and unlucky at the same time. Unlucky that obviously COVID was affecting everything, but our state, they did not care. Like, they really... They pretended to do this. Oh, yeah, we're going to do masks and restrictions, but they were kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, there was a point when we opened, they were like, well, you have to have food at your bar to open. And they would open everything but bars. So you go to movie theaters, gyms where they also shut down. Food but trucks didn't count? Food trucks don't. They, it, that's the weird thing. Food trucks don't count. Certain types of food didn't count. So, for instance, when we were open, uh, we had a friend of ours make little tarts. So we would just give them to people. Here, Here's a tart so you could sit down and eat. But if you brought in, let's say, like a microwave pizza thing, the food department would say, yeah, that's cool. That's how you can stay open. But the liquor department would say, no, that doesn't count. All right, well, how about hot dogs? Food department would say, no, that doesn't count. But the liquor would say, yes, it does. Well, they all agreed that chips were fine. So we just started giving everybody chips. Like That's how dumb it was for a while. But at the same time, I think our shutdown lasted four, maybe three, four months at most. And even then, they were kind of like, whatever about it. So they didn't mandate it. They didn't do anything. So while... It is as serious as it gets, and we cleaned everything we could, and we had everybody wear their mask and whatever. The fact is, is we didn't really feel a shutdown too much in this state in general.
1: And Arizonans drank like fish. Oh my god! During the shutdown, yeah. So everybody's drank. I mean, most of the distributors did record sales to the off-premise side. Yeah, people that had kegs and stuff like that kind of ate it because you know those kegs went bad during the four months that we were shut down. That's huge, yeah. But as far as anybody that had strong retail presence, off-premise presence. They did awesome. Yeah, like,
2: who, who was strong in chains did
1: really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just across the board. Even, well, one of our local breweries did well. They actually stayed closed for the whole time, and they just did three releases a month, or three releases a week. So every other day, they were releasing for the brewery. There's a line at the brewery every day, people picking up. Yep. Yeah, so, they crushed it during so, the time. So, uh, so us opening up during the pandemic, there's not a lot of retail right in this neighborhood. So instantly, like everyone was walking over here, getting beers, going home, grabbing wine to go home. So we did really good business right away.
0: Yeah, it, it, we've been fortunate enough where we have a lot of that mixed 35 to 40-year-old crowd kind of area. And there is no craft beer shop like us around. Like if you want craft beer, you'd go down the street to Philly's and you're drinking Deschutes or Stone or Goose Island, which isn't the beer. I think Blue
1: Moon days. is their craft beer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that would Snap. throw them off. <laughs> yeah, orange Orange Blossom, or was it? Pap- yeah, Papago Orange Blossom was the big one for a while. But yeah, so for the most part, we got lucky. Most of the other bottle shops, I don't, I think they all they all made it through. A lot of people actually did just fine. It was the restaurants that took it across the chin for the most part. Yep. What about in your city? Was it long mandated? Or like how did yours work?
1: Um, yeah, you Bobby Stucky is the ambassador, though, trying to get everything back open. You know Bobby? Yeah, I go way back with Bobby. Bobby's from Phoenix. He he went to Arcadia. He did? Yeah. He's a yeah, good B- dude. Bobby comes out all the time. He's a good friend. I've known him a lot of years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's I go see dude. him every time I'm in Boulder, I go see him. I go either, hey, either locale or at Frosca. Frosca. I mean, Frosca is one of the best restaurants in the country, in my opinion. Uh, if you like northern it- Italian food, hey. it's the place to
2: go. <laughs> <laughs> hey. you're, you're Check this one out. You're talking I'm an honorary Italian over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's either it's either his place or Flagstaff for me um, as far as like the best uh, restaurant in town wait Uh, which one in Flagstaff what's that what one in Flagstaff no 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 uh, the Flagstaff house which is uh, which is a a place that's been around for like 50 years actually 50 years this year up on the hill above our town in Boulder Um, but that's
1: cool you know Bobby he's great guy yeah he's awesome he he did a lot I know nationally to try and work with restaurants get things passed through Congress and yeah so James Beard award winner He's a good. He's amb- done everything. He's a good ambassador for the business, for sure. sure
0: you know, Where, where's Bobby Stucky from originally? I know, like here, but I can't remember. I know that name. So well. I think he got thrown out of Brophy, and then he ended up uh, going to like Arcadia because yeah, he went to it... my high school. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. That yep. <laughs> takes effort to get thrown out of Brophy. Go, Bobby, if I'll, you're listening to this, I'll good talk for to you, it. buddy. i yeah. are talking
1: about Phoenix. He's got some fun stories about this market. Right he, he loves coming out here. I've gone to a ton of his wine events, and uh, he does a lot of different like Italian restaurant takeover events and stuff like that out here. Just because he's got so many connections. So, so onto your uh, IPA. Since yes. this is your, uh, since you like to drink IPAs, I do, and IPA is kind of king. Yeah, did you, do you guys do mostly West Coast IPAs or East Coast IPAs? We do both. Bo- I mean, we do both and everything in between. I mean, like we, and,
2: and literally everything in between. So like, I I like like blending the two, and so we made a beer called Pause and Clause, um, <laughs> which is a you know summer seasonal. So like it's. There's a bear, the California bear and a lobster. He's holding a lobster in his hand. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. So it's basically, the idea was take old school sea hops, you know, Centennial, Cascade, Chinook. E- use them in an East Coast way. So, like, we warm side dry hopped with all of those hops, creating, I think we created some really cool new flavors. So, like, it's not, I mean, it's not, like, old school hops. Like, there's Melanie. So, like, that, whatever that, you know, that... Um, whatever chemical reaction or bio, you know, uh, chemical reactions is happening, you know, during, uh, fermentation with the hops, you create new flavors. And so that's what we did. And then, you know, we made it, you know, seven and a half percent, you know, made it hazy. So, um, it's kind of a blend of the two. So, but I, I love all hops. Like, and I love all IPAs. Like I'm not a fan of one or the other, but if you said you had to pick one side or the other side, I'd go West coast all day because I'm old school. Like I've been around doing this for a long time. And like, I'm still a visual person, and I still think that if I can smell and taste a beer that looks really good versus one that quote is you know a fucking cloudy mess, I'm gonna take the one that's clear. But that's just me. I I understand why people love hazy beers. Yeah. Because I like them too. Like I I drink hazy beers all the time. When I'm traveling, I always try everybody's hazy beer for sure. But then somebody's like, oh hey, I got this clear IPA. I'm like, I'll take one of those.
1: Yeah. My palate changes based on season. Like right now, with it hot out, I much prefer West Coast IPAs. Once the it gets cold again, I'm gonna drink more probably big hazies, juicy comfort beers. Um, I like
2: IBUs. Like I, I I'm, I still am a like fan of bitterness. bitterness. Yeah, because I, you know it, it's maybe counterintuitive, but like I think that IBUs bring drinkability. Like it, I think that uh, hazy beers can get a little bit um, palate fatiguing. Yes, hundred um, percent. They just they get too weighty on my on my tongue. Like I'm just like I drink them. I'm like ah, I need something that like washes things away. So it's either acidity, you know, with an with a sour beer, or it's IBUs and it washes all that away.
0: And I would think one thing that I've noticed about the hazy IPAs is sometimes you get surprised with how sweet one could be. Versus I don't think I've ever had a sweet West Coast IPA. Like I've had a triple before that was definitely a little sweet. But when I get a hazy IPA, you take one off the board. We had one the other day we'd sampled, and I was like, dude, it's like the sweetest beer I've ever had. And it was just a double.
2: This one, by the way, this is long in the tooth. I don't know what the date is, but I, this is not the best representation of our beer, by the way. Long in the tooth? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: yeah I never heard that saying.
2: Yeah.
1: Good, because we got all the Hensley managers here, so we can
2: let them know. Oh, no. <laughs> shit. We <got> every single <laughs> one of them. Nobody's here. But I mean, honestly, like, you know, like, I, I'm a pretty transparent guy. Like, I, I'm not going to, like, th- our, th- typically this not- beer tastes better than this. So I would just say that.
0: That's cool. That actually, you could like actually come out instead of just being like, "No, it's so good." Did I so do
2: yeah. quality control, man? That's uh, that, that's
0: your actual job. So it turns out you don't do not shit. You actually have quality I mostly control man. I
2: mostly call my guys like, and usually I'm taking pictures like I was just doing now. Like I mean, taking pictures and saying, "Guys, you know, I'm in Cincinnati or I'm wherever," and I'm like, "I'm having this great, you know, white rascal experience." Like I'm, it tastes like I'm at the brewery. Like I can't believe how oh, good awesome. this. Yeah. yeah almost always it's that way but occasionally you have a one and you're just like you hmm. know
0: yeah the, not, a, not as a good. A exactly yeah. exactly exactly so you well, got to be
2: honest with yourself you know it's
0: true y- too because then you can know well then you show up in another place and you're sitting there and you're like oh dude that's not what that's yeah. supposed to be like exactly the worst thing is too is sometimes you get caught in weird transportation it's just nobody's fault at all like if i have wine shipped in from california and it was sitting at the corner of the back of the truck while i was getting cooked all the way here it's nobody's fault
2: i'm not pointing fingers i'm just saying <laughs> no uh, but you should blame this, somebody right you, now on you, air blame somebody yeah if you were drinking this beer at our brewery you'd be like this it's a it's a, it's a better beer at the brewery you
1: never awesome. know i might be at the brewery in a couple days we'll see what happens you, yeah you actually are. i'm taking off to colorado in two days right on coming up there for the fish shows
0: right on how far is boulder from denver like hour 30 no, minutes 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes. Is it like just a suburb north of Denver basically? Correct. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, we
2: as as a Boulderite, we're oh, trying to, we're trying, to, we're, trying to, we're trying to have that
0: buffer so like that's why they have this
2: open space. Uh, there's like this green belt all uh, that encloses really? Boulder. Oh yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But and, everything and up to that point is been built out.
1: The road from Denver to Boulder is always under construction. I think 36. that's ha- I think that's yeah. how they try and keep people out from going up there.
0: Is <laughs> it's just fake construction. Oh, it's always under construction, it seems. That's actually a smart idea. Just everybody <laughs> in Boulder's like, I will pay a little extra in taxes. Just pretend totally. to have construction going all around it
2: no it, no it, we do that we pay extra taxes to buy this open space so that we actually do have a buffer between us oh and really oh uh, shit yeah look it up i mean it's fucking <laughs> rad i mean like our boulder's city, a unique town our city council from you know like so this started like 50 years so ago intrigued. they started buying open space that surrounds it's some very smart people back in the day they wanted to have this enclave and we still are so it's called the boulder bubble i mean like it's the People's Republic of Boulder. I mean, that's, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh uh, yeah. That is you hilarious. I mean, CUs there. There's so there's like we got, a little
0: big lake in there.
2: We've got yeah, we've got reservoirs. We've got yeah, you know, we've got, you know, CUs there. So I mean, we're obviously a college town. That's first and foremost what we are. But Some we're also buffalo, tech, bison, yeah. buffaloes. Buffaloes, yeah. So we make a beer for them. So their their official beer is called Stampede, which is what they have. Like that's their thing. It's like it's called a Stampede. But it's American lager, so we make that for them. It's that's a fun awesome. beer,
0: yeah. thats that's really cool that you have like the college that has their own official beer. That is beer. so counterintuitive to what it should be. But in Arizona, because we have uh, what is it, Dean or uh, the Dean of uh, ASU is Mormon, so they're like, yeah, there will be no Sun Devil beer or anything. But I think they did one anyways. But the
2: funny thing is, is that th- this is like the most party school in America.
0: Uh, ASU is a block south of here. <laughs> I'm going with that Might it drives
1: up. business. Oh yeah. Boulder's definitely in the, always in the top like five.
0: Yeah. I I always hear all the time it's always in top something. where are these lists that everybody always talks about? Like ASU it used for to a be long Play time like this was, shit
1: up, man. It, yeah. it used to be in Playboy, it was like the Playboy top party colleges. Yeah. It was like the, the big list and it was always like <sighs>
2: then G- unfortunately Warren G- G- Hub G- came and then all of a sudden you can't have any skin magazines because right? you gotta pay for it. Yeah, so it was always like I mean
0: the articles were great, you know, now it's all free and it shit was The and articles
2: fantastic. were great. They really were. Really Dude, I
0: only uh, our uh, the bar. The first bar I worked, at had like a stack of Playboys from the ground up to the ceiling by the toilet, and I was like, "This is awful." But then you realize, like, there'd always be in there somebody would be reading it. And yeah. Like, all right, cool. So I'm guessing those were the lists that were buried in there, because I always heard that ASU's all right number one party school from Playboy this year. It's like what? Almost I've never always seen this.
1: Yeah, it was Chico State, Arizona State, UVM. It was always the same. Shit. Like Chico State. Yeah, up in the <laughs> Emerald <laughs> Triangle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's ridiculous. They need to bring those back.
1: So the next two beers we had brought in just for the fact that you were here, they were part of like a special order that we put together. It was like the vanilla bean stout Ooh. and the rumpkin. Now you have a couple other also a, is there holy a particular
0: order. We should drink this you rumpkin have... then vanilla bean.
1: That will destroy you. Yeah, excellent.
0: Yeah, that's the last that's going one. Last. So, so done well. That but, was
2: a
1: great tasting lineup. You have a a number of beers that are almost considered like cult collector beers as well. Was it the Maharaja or whatever it is? or?
2: Well, I mean, we, st- uh, we, we that beer continues to grow every year. Um, but, you know, we've been making that beer since 2006.
1: Because I think there's a couple people that are going to come in tonight and ask you if they can get some beers that are very difficult to get or maybe some of your specialty stuff. Because, I mean, you have some stuff, though, that's, like, pretty sought after, don't you? It depends like on what it's... she looks like. I mean, like, <laughs> if she's hot. I, mean, <laughs> I got to sell her back home. I mean, yeah, we can work some things out, so... I know I got a couple people coming up tonight to put you to the test. I said. Right, I said, right, I said right we'll on. record what is the answers to. Right on.
0: We're gonna send you uh, up to go bring everything back, get a U-Haul truck, and just start trucking can, it all in. You can do that.
2: My cellar is is pretty. It's pretty nice.
0: That's all right. So like your house one or like the brewery cellar? At the brewery, yeah. So okay, so the brewery yeah, does it's, have it's, some Yeah, style. no.
2: So like you know, in the warehouse, and my warehouse guys hate me because I'm like put ten cases in, put twenty <laughs> cases in. They're like.
0: God, God, damn it. It. what are you
2: going to do with all this beer? I'm like, it'll get drank eventually. One day. And no, and that's what happens is like, you know, we, you know, we, sh- we eventually. It, it, I'm not saying that I was, you know, patient and like, you know, and smart guy, but like back when I started making Hog Heaven, like in '98, I started like cellaring beer. Some people would say that cellaring beer is a terrible idea, and some people think it's a great idea. I don't know where you guys land on it, but I think some beers age r- gracefully and really, really well. But it's also just really cool like i mean it's fun to drink a beer that's like 10 years old or 20 year old beer you know like it's fun to do a flight of the same beer that's been made by the same brewery for like 10 years or whatever you know like a lees you know a uh, vertical or something you know doing a vertical of somebody's brews is fun like i mean it's it's crazy to see how a beer can change and you know whatever the oxidation processes and stuff that are going on yeah so my cellar is like i got a lot of cases i got a lot of kegs and can, so, but I but I come out like that. This, this is how I use them is like to do like events, you know, like and de- go have fun with people, you know, and go hang out, meet people from Decatur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah, right. In but, Phoenix. So you can
0: actually, and this is going to be, I guess, the equivalent of a bro. So you can actually sell her a keg for an extraordinarily long time as well.
2: Yeah, man. I think for sure, because then the oxygen, I mean, like that's the best. I think if you have a really good keg filler, like a keg line, you're, that beer is pretty. Uh, Pretty bomb proof, you know, as long as it's big enough, yeah, enough alcohol or enough.
0: you know. What's the longest like you've had? Because, I mean, from our perspective of a wine industry, you know, if like we do like a vertical, like you say, and we have this wine from this time to this time, obviously, year vintages will be a variance. If it's too high in alcohol, it's not going to make it as long. If it's a colder year, you have a longer time to drink it, but you have like basically, or there are fires, there's there's smokiness every year at this point, exactly, right? It's like never ending in California. What's on fire now? Right. (laughs) Which in this case, all of it. But on your beer side, how does that go? Because like I said, wine's kind of like a bell curve. Like it's like, it's better, better, better. And then, you know, depending on it falls off. Is it beer? It's like, a 10-year curve, a 5-year curve, is subjective? Or is there really a point where you're like, dude, that's straight garbage, you can't drink right. that?
1: It depends and, on the type of beer and everything behind
0: it, too. I'm yeah, which I'm guessing is all stouts, by the way. But and I, it's it's very, the it's...
1: Belgians can age really well.
0: Yeah, but isn't that sour? Ba- yeah. or are you talking like a wit beer?
2: I would say it's sour beers, yep. if, it, if, a, if it's a well-made sour beer, it's basically indestructible. Really? Because there's yeah because you have so much acidity like there's I mean the oxygen and there's you know you're not gonna have like a lot of caramel malts or you know hops in it so like yeah. there's not a lot of things to like oxidize so sour beers are like almost bombproof.
0: Does the lactose still in it though? Would it not keep eating whether it's the alcohol or anything left in it or is it just at that point it doesn't matter? It's not gonna change.
2: Well, it depends if it was bottled when if the if the lacto and the PDO were done eating then they're done. Yeah, but. Sometimes there, you know, if you bottle it maybe a little bit early, so there can be some re fermentation happening in the bottle too. So, like, obviously, you can get some gushers and things like yeah. that. But
0: I feel like Duval is that because I used to love Duval as a Belgian, but every time I pop that cork, you'd pour this little itty bitty bit of liquid and just pure foam. Duval's like, a oh,
2: great example of a beer that can last a long time. Really? Orval, I think, is like the so when you're talking about this, you know, bell curve kind of yeah. thing, I think Orval is a great example of like uh, a beer that can do. That doesn't just peak and go down. It can like do this. So, that same trip that I was talking about with my bros uh, back in 2006, we went to (laughs) a, God, what was the name of that place? It was a a pub out in the countryside. They had a, they did, we did a 14 year vertical of Orval. And you could just see like it was like 14 year old was like phenomenal, but then there was like some dips where the beer was not that good. But it, it definitely, they say it gets sick and then gets better. That's the how the Belgians talk about it. Yeah, and why well, I
0: mean, that it gets dumb and then it gets better. There,
2: oh, there you go. So um, yeah, it just all depends. I mean, I, I, I think more than anything, it's just like a fun thing. Like, you know, like I, I don't think I don't take it, quote, seriously, except that I have hundreds of cases and yeah. kegs, you know, sitting in a cellar, you know, to to share with people at some point, It it's just fun. And yeah. sometimes you open them up and you're like, this fucking sucks you know like you're like oh it's that way with wine you know yeah like- you're like oh shit i just opened up a bottle i thought it was gonna be great and i'm like that's terrible and, and
0: one person's gonna be like this is really good do you have more of it it's like yeah here sure, take buy all it this all garbage yeah, right you here but you, you pay full price because you're an <laughs> idiot
1: <laughs> but yeah totally it's so much fun to be able to share gems stuff you've held on to in your cellar with people like it just feels so good that's like- that's what it comes down
2: to is like it, you know and but that's the issue that's sometimes the problem is like when do you have that so it's so occasional you're just like oh is this the right occasion is this the right occasion so lately I've just been like fuck it open what do you want just let's do it
0: we literally threw a right occasion party for our wine thing because we have so many wines where it's like well what group do you want to drink this with because that's the other thing it's like who would appreciate what you're going to bring to the table and I have a lot of friends that I want to pour wines for but I'm like they don't know anything not in a bad way they're just not wine guys and then we don't get together enough with the friends that we want to drink the wine so we're like fuck it we're just going to have a right occasion party and we had like 30 people and 70-something bottles by the time it yeah, was done. Like we said, everyone
1: saves a bottle for the right occasion, but you don't open it. So that was the name of the party. H- how bad did you feel the next day? I
0: don't remember the next day. The,
1: the biggest one we Even did. Even better. <laughs> the biggest one we did, though, was we opened 136 bottles.
0: Yeah, the 136. And that, how many people? That like includes, 60? by the way, 5-liter yeah, bottles, 3-liter bottles. Yeah, a lot of large formats. We had people verticals. coming off the street into the party. <laughs> that was a We're, good one. We've been here. a
1: bunch of wine geeks. No, we did here. it at
0: a, at a friend's place. It yeah. was it was a few years ago, it was
1: before we opened the shop, but we're planning on doing stuff like that once we open the shop. I wanna yeah. do some Holy. fun I wanna do some fun beer share events here and stuff. So maybe we plan a beer share event around the next time you come to visit and you pull, Let's do it. pull some shit out of the cellar and yeah man for yeah, sure cause that'll just, that. like, that'll just be a bunch of friends like that'll just be like 50 beer geeks getting together and just sharing shit they've had in their cellar also for five
0: years which we've had a lot of people we've been meeting more and more who do cellar stouts like it's a crazy thing that they love and am so it's, jealous. It's so cool that, to
2: meet that I'm jealous of that Our, our 136 our, bottles of wine you opened? Yeah. It's, not,
0: it's not like it got out of control but it got a little out. It was just, it just never ended. Everybody was like, "I have one bottle." Just kidding, I've got five. No,
1: <laughs> we, we did a, a wine episode with one of our beer geek friends on Malbecs, and he showed up with a five-year-old Woot Stout for us to drink. And that was, was it. It's delicious. We had a lot of fun with that. Actually, it actually was really fun to pour that into multiple vessels. Like we poured it into a glass. We're like, "Oh, that's good." Then we poured it into like a chalice, and then we put it in a big goblet wine glass, like the big Samaye ones. And all three vessels tasted so dramatically different. It was amazing. Like, it was really fun. Like, we geeked out on that beer. Glass like, matters, man. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You talk about that a lot with wine. You don't talk about that as much with beer, like, in the general market, you know? But it is so important, especially with something you've held on to and, you know, you got all those little nuances. I don't care
2: if people drink out of a can or a bottle, but, like, if they're at my house, guess what? You're drinking out of a fucking glass. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: I'm people are like them. oh i'm
2: good i'm like no you're not I, I don't even hand them the bottle or glass i'm like what do you want i want that okay i pour it into the appropriate glass
0: we we, hear, we have for like some of our special bottles i keep special glass who so are back here i'm like i can't give you this really nice barolo or something and have you just sitting there with the stemless swinging around your hand like you gotta have the decent glass for it it is amazing how absolutely different and crazy a glassware can make i mean even sipping on this one would be interesting to try later which i will in another glass and this was this is one of my vanilla. favorite beers that we do. This is the vanilla bean stout. I like eat? it
1: because it's like you could actually drink it. So many of the stouts we get handed now are all 9, 10, 12, 15, 16%.
0: 13 or something? Am oh I crazy? 10? No, what? This is the bourbon stout, man.
1: This, this is the vanilla bean yeah correct
0: bourbon barrel aged out dude oh, I,
1: I thought that tasted like five and a half percent dude, thank you vast. and i'll take that as the best compliment to <laughs> humanity
2: today
0: and i'll take that back <laughs> yeah, to the guys oh my, oh my god But that's what
2: we tried to do it's exactly what we wanted to do is like i was like let's make let's <laughs> damien make a, you're about
0: to be white girl wasted probably <laughs> i had no idea yeah
2: let's make a badass you know and actually we make another beer that's actually even better but for a different reason but for this one I love vanilla. Be- I love vanilla. Like, and I love imperial stouts, and I love bourbon barrels. And so, like, this is an easy beer for us to make. But we also make Night Warden, which is an eight point two percent, which I would call a sessionable, barrel aged <laughs> beer. Um, it's quote a just an imperial, you know, just a stout that's aged in whiskey barrels. So they've been, they were used as bourbon barrels, and then uh, they were reused uh, to make another Kentucky whiskey as well. So like, there's more complexity actually to the barrel. So like, there's it's been used twice in a distillery and it, it like you think this is drinkable drink a night warden dude you you'll, I'm, I'm you'll drink shocked. a six pack of I'm, night warden i'm amazed you couldn't no, because no, like no burn it's, masked, it's perfect
1: yeah it doesn't have the burn it doesn't have like the, the whiskey character I'm, I'm very sensitive to like whiskey barrel age stuff it just messes with me sometimes and that's i would not have guessed that
0: yeah and i I, I see it's always bourbon and whiskey have you guys ever mess, messed around with any like scotch barrels
2: scotch Uh you so you name something and I'll say if we I mean it's been port, Madeira, White, Red, I mean I know the next one's rum. Scotch, rum. I mean like Mezcal. Yeah. Not mezcal but tequila. But yeah, I mean you have an uh,
0: extensive uh, barrel program, don't you? That's really cool.
2: Yeah. We we've played with a lot of any
0: particular brand, you were like, ooh, that's my favorite right there. I want more of that barrel. What was that place in Denver?
1: Leopold's
0: Leopold's Leopold's anything from them. Yeah, we have.
1: Yeah. That was a cool little distillery.
2: We've gotten some of their uh, gin barrels. Uh, their gin was delicious. Their navy strength gin or whatever. Good, their absinthe is really good. Yeah, their absinthe. Yeah.
0: Uh, I took the, the the blackberry liqueur and poured it on my pancakes. It's like syrup in the morning. Nice. <laughs> it's delicious. I know where you're coming from now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> See, you knew we'd get along well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. How do you think my mornings like keep progressing
2: Oh, forward? man. My morning this morning was not that good. But anyway, uh, I digress. I'm
1: here. Yeah, Malort. That's all you had to say.
2: Yeah, have you ever had a Malort barrel? (laughs) It's terrible.
1: Uh, No, it will never happen. You don't want
0: to ruin everybody's palate? You don't want
1: to do like a Malort flavored seltzer or something Uh, like that? I don't want to do that.
0: Dude, I don't want to drink anymore because you just said Malort flavored (laughs) seltzer.
1: It's going to happen one of these days. Why don't you just pee in a cup and make it fizzy? (laughs) So, Rumpkin. Rumpkin. I said that was going to be my name for Troy now. Yeah. Rumpkin? Rumpkin. Okay. Just a little nickname for them. All right, sure.
0: We'll go with rumpkin.
1: So rum barrel
2: age pumpkin ale? Ooh. That's right. That Big, nice. like 16. I, I don't know what year this that was, but great. like 16 plus percent, I would guess. I, I mean, like if you asked me, like, what's your favorite brown liquor and that's all you could drink, it'd be rum. And it, And because I love, you know, tiki drinks and like I love all that. But also because all of rum is aged in bourbon barrels, you still get the nuances of bourbon. And I love bourbon as well. But I love Rome, and so this was pretty easy for me. Like you know, I had this idea. I was on a road trip. Like I don't know, it was like ten years. Ago. It was at least ten years ago, and I was just like, oh, everybody's making pumpkin beers. Like pumpkin beers used to be a thing, and they still are a little bit. But like, dude, and I love them
0: in July this year. D- dude, like, I love. And by
2: the way, I love pumpkin beers. Like so, Schlafly's, which is out of St. Louis, I think they make the best pumpkin beer. But like, oh, I wow. love pumpkin beers. Like I think they're great. So, I had this idea of like, oh, yeah, we had some rum barrels. I was like, let's make a gigantic, you know, monster, you know, pumpkin beer and put it into a rum barrel and see what happens. And this is what happens you get rumpkin.
0: This is honestly, you're going to like this one too, Damien. It masks the alcohol pretty well in that. Mm -hmm. But this to me comes off liquor, not liquorish, but like liquor kind of heavy in a way. Not that it burns by any means, but it reminds me of. Like a really soft rum, obviously that's been pumpkin spiced instead it's nearly of a 40 beer. proof.
2: I mean, like it's 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 liqueur. Yeah, it, yes. it's a. I mean, I would say liqueur. This,
0: that's the. I keep forgetting that's the word. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's based. That's what I would call it. It's like it is a liqueur. I mean, like it's got some viscosity. Like it's you know, it actually has weight to it. I you know, out of this all the is beer cool. obviously it's our last beer, this so is maybe a geeky that's why one,
0: this is really cool though, because this is super geeky to me because I'm a big fan of rum too. Um we have one rum bar up in North Scottsdale and I had a guy come to me and he was like, Yeah, you know, we have this, 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 but have you ever had a, like a this is a twenty year age beer and I was like, Wait, they do rum how long? And he poured it out and it was practically syrup coming out of the yeah. bottle. It was the most delicious thing I'd had at that place. And this is that that not too syrupy characteristic while still maintaining beer to it, but it's delicious. And I'm not a pumpkin fan by any means. That's good.
2: I mean, it's it's sweet as hell. <laughs> it's, 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 it's liqueur. I mean, it is liqueur. Um, yeah, I love this beer. I think it's and when you talk about ageability, this beer ages
0: incredibly well. It's a seasonal, or do you have this all the time?
2: No, we we made it for a few years. We haven't made it in a couple of years, so it's
0: oh, so this is aged too. Oh yeah, I don't know what year that is,
1: but it's oh, probably It's on the it's on tap right. Yeah yeah. It's on the keg ring somewhere. Yep.
0: Dude, that's awesome. That's really cool.
1: It's funny. It's like every supplier within like five miles of the valley is here to see you tonight, too. I've seen I got the stone guy here. Coronado. Coronado. Are they here to see me or you? It's all you. It's all you, man. I don't know about that. (laughs) It's all about your
0: milkshake. Yeah, you're the looks of tonight. It's not going to be us. (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to be a cheap day.
1: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out there. Dude, this is so good. It is fucking delicious. Yeah. No, I'm really impressed by the beers. You know, I've had a number of your core beers. I am have not had very many of your specialties over the years. Um, looking forward to trying a lot more. I mean, for me, I, that sour was delicious. Thanks. I could drink that all day long.
2: Yeah, when you come to the brewery, I mean, we have 30 beers on tap. Typically 10 are taproom-only kind of things. And then, you know, there's a few that are, like, you know, age stuff. So it's a good experience. Like, I mean, it's my, my taproom staff does a good job of, like, curating a tap list that's, like, Enough of like what we're trying to do, you know, like what we're pushing volume wise, but then also old school stuff, um, and then things that we're just like trying to figure out if yeah, we're basically using our uh, our clientele as guinea pigs, you know, like that's oh, kind of the
0: best thing about it. It's, it's Hey, cool. we had a new beer, time to try. Right. What do you think? Yeah. So, but I imagine that's exactly what you did anyways when you were doing your homebrew before it's, you became it, the brewery. Everybody's changed in twenty
2: eight years, dude. It's like it's bigger I'm scale. Still doing the same things I've always done, which is make make as understand that I'll never make a perfect beer. Yeah. But always trying to make a perfect beer. And I think that that's like kind of our, you know, that that's that's how we operate at every beer and company. It's like every time somebody says, "Oh, blah, blah blah, that's such a great beer." I'm like, "Yeah, it is a great beer. What where's the improvement?" And the guys are like, "You're right. There 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 is improvement to be made. Nobody makes perfect beer. Except maybe Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, other than that, I don't know. Yeah,
0: well, you're just buttering them up to do something, right? <laughs> No, I've already, they, they've already been buttered, been buttered up. up. Yeah, they've already been buttered up. So, Are you going to do, like, maybe one last time? Like, all right, man, I'm going to get back into it. I've got everything covered. It's time for me to make a beer again. Oh, you mean get on the system?
2: Yeah. No, I told you. My guys don't let me touch the shit. I mean, they're like, <laughs> you, you cannot touch no, the, the equipment.
0: What about the old equipment? You oh, that's, to do the oh, that's long. I mean,
2: that's that's gone. We don't have that. Yeah. Oh, all so, right. Yeah, that, somebody else owns that stuff, but... um. As far as like physically brewing a beer, there's when you get to a certain size, like the size that we are. I mean, it's mostly about you know, what, what's the recipe? What's what's it gonna be? You know, so it's
0: crazy. Now you have a computer, you just type it in, and there you go. W- well,
2: I don't, but somebody else does. Oh yeah. Thank God for smart people is what I always say. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Or so, in your case, having somebody else do the work for you. All
2: I am is a bulldog. Uh, shout out to Troy. But the, the people are like, you know, where does success come from? And success comes from, you know. Just trying as hard as you possibly can, you know, like and, and being a bulldog about it, and so that's what I am. So like, I'm not a smart person, I'm not technically proficient in, in you know in in brewing beer, you know, as far as like what my guys do, but I think we make some pretty damn good beers.
0: Well, going through the lineup, I absolutely would agree with you on that one. You think so? Yeah. I I mean it's and it's not like for us, you know, we we will tell you to your face like, oh, that sucked, that was mediocre, that was kind of. You a seem thing. that kind of guy. I just. There's things I hate, there's things I like like everybody else, but there's sometimes we've had beers that we got sampled, but we just drain dumped that. Like it's not gonna happen. These were this was a great lineup, but I'm actually really happy we got to pour these because I've only ever had your white rascal at a couple places. So I've never had a chance to try any of your other ones. Yeah, that's I'm, it. That's I'm, all
2: you've had before is White Rascal. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I didn't get into beer craft stuff till he got me into it. Damien got me into this like three years ago. This was gonna be a wine shop with a little beer. Now it's like a beer, beer shop. heavy with yeah. wine in it. Really geeky geeky wine. But I've been having way more fun with beer right now.
1: Yeah, I look forward to trying his other 136 beers he made in the last year.
0: Yeah, well, go to the brewery and pick me up a bunch of shit and break it down.
1: Yeah, but has he had the influence, uh, the opposite influence on you? Like, is
2: your wine chops are they are they bigger now?
1: I mean, well, I mean, we're both California from, we're, wines,
0: probably. We're
2: both from the wine
0: business so you guys are
2: like napa guys
0: he's italian i'm california and he got me into italian and i'm trying to give him only good california stuff because there's a lot of garbage out there but it's still unbelievably good and now we just sit here trying beers when we drink or whatever
2: dude Dude, i i I, I love doing napa tours like i mean that's because vinnie and natalie at russian river are really good friends so like i'll go see them at their brewery in santa rosa but then you go to wine country and it's Is just it like Russian
0: River Brewing Company. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, we're going to be there in a week. He gets Denver this week and then we both have Santa Rosa next the following week. Yeah, we'll be up there next weekend. Nice. Not this weekend, the weekend after.
2: There's nothing like going on a on a on a wine tour. Yeah. As long as you had a designated driver, but you know whatever, but I love wine too. I mean, yeah. I I, mean, I take I,
0: people on private tours through Napa, take them to wineries they don't go to and everything, and honestly, there's nothing better than being at the facility sometimes, whether it's a brewery, whether it's a winery. And you're sitting around your friends going like this is this is the experience that you want because even coming here you know people get to try every single beer but then when they meet the guy like yourself oh he owns it this is how he did it there's something more to it that people you feel best
1: you feel like you're vested interest yeah, you're part like, you're it. part of it since you've met the people yeah and you know with the wine business there's a saying in the wine business that it takes a lot of good beer to make good wine that's what Vinny says so it's yeah. true like there's no farmer that plows his fields comes in after plowing his fields and pours a glass of red wine <laughs> no they drink
2: STS and, uh, and Peroni in my case and <laughs> yeah and blind pig <laughs> like literally i'll go out with Vinny. like we'll go to mm-hmm. breweries or, or to wineries and he'll bring cases of beer in and we walk out with
1: cases of wine so yeah. that's where we started getting this real taste for beer too, is because we go to wine country, you drink wine all day long, you're like fuck, I want a beer now, I <laughs> want. And so we started really getting this love of craft beers, and
0: we just wanted to combine the beer shop and the wine shop together and have a little bit of fun and. And make it not as pretentious as some people make it out to be. Like it's wine is wine. Like there's no need for it to be you know pinky finger out sipping in a nice atmosphere. It's like. You know we want you to drink it and enjoy it, and same thing with beer. I can't tell you how many gentlemen like we have come in and go, Dude, I drink Modelo and Coors and Corona. I, I don't know if I could drink craft beer. Well, I got you. I walk over and I pour them a really cool lager they've never had or a Pilsner they've never had, and they're like, This is amazing. I was like, Yeah, this is a small, crafty beer. It's still a Pilsner, it's still Mexican lager. It's delicious though, it's better. <laughs> it's
2: fine. Hey, by the way, Modelo is a good beer.
0: I'm not saying they're I'm bad, just saying. I'm just, it's just a, saying a, it's a true better. German
2: lager. I'm just saying, really. I think Modelo is a really good beer. Okay. I, and I drink Pacifica with a lime. Like I mean, like I said, I'll drink yeah. any beer. I, I... I'll drink any beer. There's yeah. no doubt about it. You I know? think I
0: had a Natty Ice recently.
2: Uh, I don't know if I dipped that low, but anyway. No, <laughs> Yo, you got it, though. What are you, <laughs> you gonna do in the morning? That's
0: when you feel really ashamed about the night before, and you're like, oh. Natty, natty
2: Ice and the Beast maybe are, are a little bit. But, Na-
0: natty Ice is an Arizona staple, I think, at this point. In time. You're right. Thirty <laughs> packs for fifteen bucks or something. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Cake for forty dollars. Yeah. Surely hell yeah. No. You're like yeah, Sign me up. Yeah, every high school and college kid on the planet loves Natty Ice in the state. Yeah. But dude, these are uh, um really proud of obviously having you in here in the shop we had to like do to show your beers. This has been fantastic and thank you so much obviously for, you know, coming out and doing this.
2: Hey, congratulations. I I, I think I, you guys are, it's a great uh, partnership you have like beer and wine. Um really cool facility and um I I can't believe you guys opened during COVID and uh, you know, that's ballsy okay. and uh you guys you you guys are doing well. And I don't see why yeah. You, yeah. you guys Yeah, got to be crushing. bulldogs.
1: <laughs> so, so let's have some fun tonight and kiss some hands and shake some babies. Yep, let's, let's go, go shake it. some babies. Thanks, John. Thanks, Damon. Yeah, Appreciate thank it. you.
0: Thanks, Adam, for coming on. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Love you guys. Cheers.